everyone, and welcome to Unlocked with Keys. I am your host, Mikey Latia, and on today's episode, we will be unlocking the story of a young woman whose life drastically changed at only eight years old. One car ride to the gas station took the purity of this young girl's soul. Now, she is here with me today to unlock with us all on how this life-changing event has molded her into the woman who she is today. Family and friends, I would like to introduce you all to Destiny Thomas. How do you feel right now to be unlocking your story? Um, I'm kind of nervous, but I'm excited because I feel like the people need to hear it. And I want to help people who've been through the same stuff, so it's time. It's time, it's been time. Mm -hmm. But it was in God's time, and I'm here now, so it's up there. So let's do it. Let's do it. What do you want people to take out of um, your story and you telling it? What, what message do you want to give them? That there is hope no matter what you're going through. There is hope. God is able and He is real and He will bring you through because that's the only way I made it through and I'm not lying. I'm not lying. That's amazing. So, that's, my, that's my thing. So, there is hope. Absolutely. Don't give up. Don't absolutely. Give up. And there is purpose in all things. Absolutely. Yes. I love to say, um, actually I didn't say, I heard it from Devon Franklin, your pain has a purpose. And I think that is so true. It's definitely true. So uh, we had, me and my brother, we had stayed the night um, at my grandfather's house. My mom had went out the night before. And that night, I didn't want to be over there, y'all. <laughs> and it's funny. I didn't want to be over there because I was laying on the couch and they had like plastic around their couches, you know. And I was laying on the couch and a rat was inside mm -hmm. the plastic. So I hopped up, I'm like, call my mama, call my mama. I want to leave. So when she called my mama, my mama like, girl, go lay down. I'll be there in the morning. So when the morning came, um, she came and got us the car. It's me, my brother, my mom, her friend's brother, their sister, and her friend. So it's four people in the back, two in the front. We pulled to the gas station, which was at the corner of our block. Um, my mom and everybody got out, except for me and my brother. My mom went to the store. She came back out, and she handed me and my brother a 50 cent juice. And I'm in the middle of the car, and I see a van pull up in front of me. The van pulls up. Um, it's three guys in the van. The driver hands something to the back passenger. The passenger gets out. He walks to every bit of, like, we're right here. He's right there, like, right across from us. And just pow. And she fell in the car, and um, red stuff was, blood was coming out of her mouth. But she had a red bag so I'm thinking it's pop. I'm thinking she's choking. I'm patting her on her back. And somebody's like, Turner, you got shot. And she was like, but this whole time she's looking at me. And me being a kid, I didn't understand it. But that look that she was giving me, she knew she was about to die. And she, like, I don't, I can't even imagine what she was thinking. Cause I have a daughter now and I couldn't imagine. But we got off the car when he said that and they pulled off and when they pulled off, her head did like that. And I was eight, I didn't really know much about death, but I knew after she, she gone, wow. she gone. So after that, we ended up walking back to my granddaddy's house. My dad had pulled up. My dad was in Flint in another relationship. And when he pulled up, he was gone. Like, I walked up to him, he didn't even like embrace me. He didn't like nothing. And I'm like, who am I looking at? Like, he was gone. Like, and I really felt like after my mama died, he didn't want to be here no more. Like, they were each other's first. They were like soulmates, for real. Bonnie and Clyde. Yes, and I can't wait to tell the story about them, because. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so that day just changed my life tremendously like uh, that fast and I felt like dang maybe if I wanted to call her to come get me she wouldn't have came right away because she came early 
Yeah. Like early, like it had to be like 11 o'clock when she got killed. So yeah, it happened fast. But I know I can't blame myself. You know, everything happened for a reason. So yeah, and that's what happened. And then when they left, when the dude pulled off with my mom, he pulled back to his mama house. He didn't take her to the hospital. And so when I got with my family, we all went to her mama house. The ambulance truck was there, the car was there that she got shot in. And I'm thinking like, why didn't you take her? to the hospital, maybe she could have lived, you know, but she didn't have a chance because the bullet went under her arm, straight across her heart, so she didn't have a chance. But still, you didn't even try to like, mm -hmm. to save her, you know? It's a lot. It is. That is a lot, at only eight years old. And then to witness it, you know, like. Yeah. Because you'll never forget it, never. Up until that moment, what are some things you remember about your mother? She was very loud, she was funny. Um, she was a fighter. <laughs> she could fight really good. Um, <laughs> I don't know. She was a good mom. I feel like she went through a lot being so young and having two kids. Like, she went through a whole lot. And then the family that she comes from, like, just bad. So, I don't know. I really know that she was going through a lot because of our living situation. And I feel bad for her because she didn't have a chance to try to get herself together. You know, my mama died when she was 25. I just turned 26. And I have a two-year-old. She had an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. I couldn't, no. Wow. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So she was going through a lot, but she was a good person. Everybody loved her. Mm -hmm. Everybody loved her. She That's was it. tall and light-skinned with big curly hair. Um, she was very funny. How was your life from that point on? Um, After she died, I tried to, I'm not gonna say I tried to go live with my daddy, but I wanted to. But my daddy was not stable. He was in and out of jail, like a real kind of murderer. Like, so I couldn't go live with him. My family didn't want us to, but I'm gonna say this. Before my mama died, she came to me and my brother. She was drunk and she was, come here, I, I'm gonna die. And um, I, when I die, I want y'all to live with y'all daddy. And I'm like, why do you always do this? Cause she did it often. She would get drunk and be like, I'm gonna die, you know? Like, so I feel like she spoke it into her life, I do. But she will always do that, and then she'd be like, do not go with my family, do not. I want y'all to live with y'all daddy. But me being a kid, they go, ah, oh, they don't want to hear that. I'm like, my mama don't want us to live with y'all, you know? She wanted us to go with my daddy, but he would, I don't know, maybe if we would have went with him, he would have got his stuff together, he would have changed his life, he would be alive. Mm -hmm. But since we didn't, he was still out here wild. You know, his, his, the love of his life got killed. Even though he got his kids, he, I don't know, I guess it was different for him. He didn't really care to live. He didn't care that we was motherless. And that's how I feel, he didn't care. Because I feel like if he cared, he would have stopped doing the stuff that he was doing. And he did. Mm -hmm. So, and he projected death on his life too. He was, oh, I'm gonna get killed at 30. And my daddy sure enough got killed at 30 years old. And I tell everybody like, you speak stuff onto your life. You do like, watch what you say. Like, I'm not walking around here telling nobody I'm about to die because I don't want to die. I have a kid to live for, you know, I'm not doing that. But they, I don't know, my daddy, I don't know. But I ended up moving with my auntie. I just felt really alone living with her. She was. She was mean. She wasn't like um, passionate, um, loving. She wasn't doing that. It, it is what it is, you know. Like, <laughs> and being eight years old and going through all that stuff, you need something. You need some type of love. You need something because mm -hmm. I'm a kid and I'm going through it. Like I don't want to. I don't even want to be here no more. And to be eight years old, to be trying to kill yourself, that's horrible. And I reached out to a lot of people. 
But at the same time, I don't want to get no attention from nobody. I don't want to be oh, you want attention? But I'm eight, and I just see my mama get killed. Like, people don't go through that on the regular. They don't. Mm-mm, they don't. You are so right. And I feel like my auntie, she could have did more. She could have put me and my brother in counseling, but she did not care. She did not. And I realized, I love my auntie to death. And she know that. I realized that on top of my parents being killed, she put a lot of pain on me. Cause it still affect me. Like I'll be, I'll go out, I'll come back home and I'll be talking to my friends or talking to my daughter's dad. And I'll be talking about her. And I'm like, this lady has really hurt me. And she don't even know. But when I try to tell her, oh no, I didn't like, you did. You did. You don't even know, like, it's crazy. It's crazy. But it's all for a reason. There are some things you would want her to have done differently in your life. Um, I felt like if she didn't want us, <clears throat> and if she was only doing it for money, as um, often as I heard that was the reason, then and then you were you wasn't getting any money. You could have let us go because maybe my life would have been a little easier. Maybe I would have been with a family who know how to love. Because you're not projecting love on me. My mom is gone. I'm not getting no love. I don't know how to love nobody. Like, I don't know. If you didn't know how to do it, put us in counseling. You know, it's nothing wrong with counseling. I tell people this all the time. Even if you haven't been through nothing in life, if you're just going through a little phase, it's okay to go to counseling. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. But we really needed it. And me and my brother, we became violent towards each other and nobody stopped it. So I grew up not liking him. And this is my little brother. All we did was fight. All we did was fight. And I don't have a relationship with my brother for real, but I love him so much. But the things that they have let happen, let us fight and just sit there like, oh, whatever. Like y'all should have been like, huh, huh all day. Y'all, y'all all y'all got, huh, you feel me? Love on one another. They weren't doing that. They was letting us fight. So I grew up, oh, I don't like my brother. I don't like him. And it, it's just, it's, it's crazy. They ain't care, for real. Maybe if I would've on my daddy's side, probably would've been different, because my daddy's side is a family. My mom's side is dysfunctional. My granddad, my mom's dad, was a pimp. He had like four women at the same time in the house, having kids with them, beating them in front of all these kids. And that's, that's how my mama grew up, all her siblings, so it's, my grandmother plus like four or five other different women that got kids by him. So my family is big, but we so divided, it's so dysfunctional. All they do is fight, all they do is argue. And it's his fault. And I've wanted to say this for a long time. It's his fault. And I want him to hear it. Granddaddy. <laughs> it's your fault. Wow. So yeah, but it's been hard. I grew up not really I had friends, but me, be, me going through the stuff I went through, I didn't, they didn't understand me, you know, so they used to be like, oh, you want attention? I heard, I, that's all I heard. Like, I don't, I want, I'm looking for somebody to love me, like, for real, for real. And then three years later, my daddy getting murdered, drastically. I didn't have time to mourn. There was no time to mourn at all. And my daddy was all I had left, and I was a daddy's girl. Like, when he got took away, life was just over for me at that point. It was over. Like, what am I here for, God? Why? Yeah. I don't know, nobody else like me. This is the things I'm thinking, like, why me? You know? As time went on, as I got older, I figured it out. Wow. Figured so it out. you, wow, that's deep, Destiny. I, I want to commend you. I know I said it several times when you came in, but I want to commend you again for sharing this.
because as I can see, this is not the easiest thing to do. But I can I can see your passion for doing it and wanting to you know share that part on that piece of you. And something I do want to share. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Brene Brown. She talks about um, like the power and vulnerability when you are able to be vulnerable and to express whatever it is you may have gone through. That power of vulnerability is what is going to help you through your healing process mm -hmm. and being vulnerable in the intent of I'm healing and I want to share because I am being healed versus being vulnerable to get a response and I can mm -hmm. hear your healing, you know, and I can hear this is my story. <laughs> I'm being vulnerable and sharing with the world, you know, what I have gone through. Literally. And that's, that's a lot. That's, that's beautiful. It is. I'm so sorry that you had to endure that. But like you're, like you're saying, you know, it's a purpose in everything. So and I hear you say a lot how, you know, you're looking for love, looking to be loved. So from that moment of at the age of 12, losing your father, in what ways, you know, how did you feel those voids that you felt you were missing? Who Um. <laughs> Don't hear, girl. Mm -hmm. I mean, after my dad, dad died when I was 12, I had just moved on some Island Van Dyke, and it was Boy Central. It was Boy Central. But I wasn't really into boys. I was scared. My daddy always made me scared of boys. Like, when boys are like me, he's like, no, oh, no, no, no. You know, like, he made me scared of boys. And he'll be bullying them, like, you, this, you ain't talking to my daughter, you know? So, yeah, I was scared. So, when I moved on to Milan Van Dyke, I started meeting a lot of friends, females, and they were more advanced than me. They were having sex, they were having boy company, they were doing a lot. So as time went on, I'm like, I want to do this, you know? Like, I want to I wanna have a boyfriend, I want to do it, you know? Stuff that I shouldn't even be thinking about, for real, for real. But I don't have no guidance, there's not nobody who really care about me, so I'm with my friends all the time. And they showing me love, so this is where I'd rather be at, and I'm about to do what they doing, you know? Mm -hmm. Don't be right. That's how uh, lost in this. And nobody has ever heard this. Nobody. But it is what it is. I was ashamed to even put that out. But this is my story. Who else gonna tell my story better than me? Back then, like my teenage years, I felt like I was really like just looking for love from a man. Cause it was gone. Yeah, it took away from me, you know? And I'm seeing all my friends with their daddies, with their mamas, and I'm just like, dang, God, what did I do this bad? Like, is it me? What, what was it? You know, but I, know I learned to stop questioning God, you know, because everything happens for a reason. Wow. And who else better than me to go through this? You go, girl. <laughs> for real, for real. Wow. I wouldn't want nobody else to go through this. Absolutely. I, I understand, yes. I would, so I did it. it. It hurt, but I'm here. I'm here. I got a beautiful daughter. I have kids, I graduated, you know, like I've been to college, like I've done a lot of stuff with the things that were thrown at me, you know. Mm -hmm. I had my baby early, like a lot of people in my family be like, oh, that's me gonna get pregnant, she gonna drop out of school, everybody thought the worst for me, everybody. And I had my daughter at 23. That's still young, but you know, mm -hmm. I wanna live with nobody. I have my own stuff, like I'm grown. And I've been grown for a very long time. Like my auntie, she, she sheltered me, but Taking care of me? No. I had to get it out the mud. Oh, girl. Now that you are an older, grown woman, in what ways do you find love for yourself? Um, truth be told, I don't look for love like I used to. I got a love greater than any love that I can ever get. And that's from God and my daughter. And that's, he filled that void for me, and that's no lie. 
and people don't understand when they be like, oh, you overprotective of her. You, I love her. Like that girl saved me. Like y'all don't even understand the stuff that I've been through, the abandonment, the neglect. Like I love her a lot, and I want her to know that. I, you know, I want her to know that, and I'm gonna do anything I can to be the greatest mom. And that's just that, because I didn't have my mama didn't, you know, I didn't have her. So I feel like that's a way of making her proud because I'm being a, a mom that she couldn't, she never had a chance to be. So. This woman, Destiny Today, what, if you had the opportunity to sit next to your younger self at eight years old, and then again at 12, what is some, what are some things you would tell her? What, was the, what would that conversation be like? Um, don't be so naive. Don't be so, it's okay to be forgiven, but don't just let people run over you. It's not okay. Say what's on your mind, you know? That's it for real. Cause I was so scared of everybody, the way they would think or the way they would feel if I opened my mouth. So I did. And growing up, a lot of my cousins and friends would be like, "Why you don't take up for yourself? Why you? Don't, I don't know how. I don't want. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings." But now, as I got older and I became mean and you not taking y'all junk, now I'm mean. And now I'm, oh, you know, you do too much. No, I don't. I've been taking y'all too long. No. So y'all gonna hear it. And it's just either you with me or you against me. So, wow. <laughs> that, I don't listen. I don't be caring for real about people's opinion. I'm, I changed a lot, and I thank God for it. Mm -hmm. Back then, that's where my friends just be like, "Take up for yourself. Why are you arguing? Like, like you letting them say whatever." I used to be like, "I don't know what to say. Like, what do I say? Mm -hmm. I never want. I've never been a person to hurt nobody's feelings. Never tried to hurt nobody intentionally in no shape, way, or form." Because I know how I feel to be hurt. Mm -hmm. It's my whole thing. Wow. So let's talk about this growth. Let's talk about this transformation of how you say now you speak up for yourself. You you know you are a different woman today. Mm -hmm. How? What was that first step into or when you realized you know I'm growing. I'm connecting with God. Talk to um, me. And even I, about that first experience. You know finding God. When I first realized I was growing and healing. Um, it was about, I'd say about four years ago. Since I got to a point where I was like, why am I letting these things make my life? Like I'm sad all the time, I'm depressed, I'm hurt, I'm just asking God, why me, why me? But now it's just like, okay God, I'm about to take this and use this and do what you want me to do with it. So guide me, guide me. Cause I know that's what you want. Cause who, <laughs> Like, I've never in my life met nobody, been through this, the same stuff as me for real. In that way, I've heard of people, parents might die, you know, but in that way and in that short length, like, I'm never. Not saying there's not people out there like that, but I know it's me and I know that God is using me to, you know, bring people closer to Him and help these kids because I felt alone. All I want to do is die, and that's no lie. 